According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build on it, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. We began this morning with one of my favorite hymns, Christ is made the sure foundation, Christ the head and cornerstone. The foundation of this church literally and figuratively, was laid in 1930. And before that, 180 years ago in Pittsburgh. I pray that from the very beginning, the foundation of St. Paul's and all that has been added to it in the decades that have followed have been laid in Jesus Christ, the head and cornerstone. I'd like to reflect briefly this morning on what together we have done at and through St. Paul's in what has been a mere moment in the overall history of this parish. I'd like to think that all that we have done together at St. Paul's has been about God through Jesus Christ. As Paul tells us, we, All of us are God's temple, and God's spirit dwells in us. God's temple is holy, and you, you are that temple. God is in charge. What we have done is not about or because of any one person. It's about all of us. And as Paul reminds us, we belong to God. Here are some of my fondest memories of our time together. We've rebuilt the Diocese of Pittsburgh since the unfortunate events of 2008. Since that time, the lay people and clergy of St. Paul's have led or participated in every aspect of the diocese. The standing committee, the board of trustees, the Diocesan Council, the Commission on Ministry, the Committee on Constitution and Canons, deputies and alternates to General Convention, the Children's Ministry Team, the Episcopal Church Women, and more. We've hosted three Diocesan Conventions and are known throughout the Diocese for our hospitality, generosity, efficiency, and leadership. We've become a more inviting, welcoming, and connecting parish. I love seeing the people of St. Paul's, you, gathering around newcomers on Sunday morning and making them feel welcome. Our most family and kid-friendly service, the 845 service, has blossomed and grown while this service has maintained its uh, 
stately sense of more traditional Anglican music and worship, and I love both of those services, these services dearly. We welcome newcomers virtually every weekend, and at a time when most Episcopal parishes and even, sadly, most Roman Catholic churches are shrinking, we're continuing to add new members. It's no secret that I love doing baptisms, and the 135 baptisms that I've been privileged to celebrate have certainly been a highlight of my ministry with you. The growth of our congregation through newcomers and baptism is not about numbers, though. It's about responding to our call to proclaim the good news of God in Jesus Christ and to grow the kingdom of God. One of my greatest joys as your rector has been the children and youth of our parish. We're blessed to have the most children and youth of any parish in our diocese. I love engaging them through children's sermons at the 845 service, serving with them as acolytes, choir members, musicians, and observing them throughout the building on Sundays and during the week in the two youth groups. It's been a great privilege to serve with Lisa Brown, Kristen Morgan, Paul Barker, and all of their predecessors and watch the loving, nurturing, joyful approach that they have to the children and youth of this place. And I thank all who have served as Sunday school teachers and confirmation class leaders. And please remember this. Children are not the future of the church. Children are the church. And at the 845 service, and I hope at some point you'll get to see a picture, this whole area in front of the altar was packed full of beautiful, joyful children and youth. And it filled my heart with joy. <clears throat> Another joy of my time with you has been the opportunity and privilege to mentor and serve with outstanding young clergy. Chris Opat, Michelle Boomgard, and most recently Garrett Yates are all outstanding priests. And I have learned so much from them and I hope they've learned something from me. And of course, Michelle and Garrett are the gifts that keep on giving because they'll be here with you as I depart. Speaking of Chris Opat, one of our greatest accomplishments was bringing St. David's Episcopal Church in Peters Township back into the Episcopal fold. I had the privilege of serving with Chris as priest in charge of St. David's with help from Michelle and many of our parishioners. We've been blessed to watch St. David's develop from a tiny remnant of faithful parishioners to a growing, thriving parish, one of the larger congregations in our diocese. Two of our most recent ministries involve becoming better stewards 
of God's creation by getting greener at St. Paul's and living more fully into our baptismal covenant by responding to the international refugee crisis. The fruits of our recent capital campaign will allow us to replace the rest of the old windows in our building with highly energy efficient windows and to install solar panels on the flat roof of the education wing. That will reduce our carbon footprint and our energy bills substantially. Paula Hopkins and Kerry McGee are spearheading the refugee initiative and dozens of parishioners and friends of St. Paul's are exploring ways that we can serve refugees here in Pittsburgh and beyond. Well, I could go on and on about the many things that I love about St. Paul's, our incredible music, our loving pastoral care, our outreach, fellowship, adult formation, and more. But you'll be glad to hear that I won't (laughs) go on at length. I've had the privilege of hearing Archbishop Desmond Tutu preach on a couple of occasions, and the first time I heard him preach, he said, well, you know, I really only have one sermon and this angelic smile filled his face as this little man stood up on his tiptoes and said, God loves you. Well, I really only have one sermon too. God loves you and God calls you to share that love by being Christ to the world. And as you reflect on where we have been together and what it may be like when Noah arrives, I urge you to keep these things in mind. Christ is at the center of all that we do. Christ is made the sure foundation, Christ the head and cornerstone. You are God's holy temple and God's spirit dwells in you. All that we have done together in the past is about and for and through God, and all that you and Noah will do in the future is about and for and through God. The Rector Search Committee has done a wonderful job of discerning where God is leading St. Paul's, and I have every hope and confidence that Noah will be a great rector and that St. Paul's has a very bright future. But please remember this, no one person, not me, not Noah, is in charge. We only have one person in charge, one savior, and that is Jesus Christ. And as the first order of ministry in the Episcopal Church, you, the lay members, the congregation, the faith community of St. Paul's, you have the key role in leading St. Paul's into that bright future.
I urge you to be generous with your time and your talent and with your financial offerings to God through St. Paul's. Love God, love your neighbor, proclaim the good news of God and Jesus Christ, seek and serve Christ in all persons, and respect the dignity of every human being. Finally, and most importantly, be Christ to the world. You are the hands and the feet and the heart of Jesus Christ in the world. I leave you with these words from Brother Curtis of the Society of St. John the Evangelist from a recent email. Brother Curtis tells us, claim the power you embody, the light and life and love of Jesus and let it flow with great generosity and authority through your own hands, through your own eyes, through your own mind, through your own words. The world is dying to know it. God loves you and I love you. Amen.